A reading from the book of Proverbs, beginning at the ninth chapter, the first verse. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. The word of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, I want to proclaim some good news that God offers us and is always offering us the free gift of His wisdom. As much as we are willing to seek, He is willing to supply it to us. So just to repeat that, God is offering us always the free gift of His wisdom about any and all areas of our lives. As far as we are willing to seek it, He is willing to supply it to us. As I mentioned at the opening of our worship a few minutes ago, I'm so grateful for the 11-week sabbatical the parish provided me with this summer. Having a season to be detached from the day-to-day responsibilities of leading the church gave me some space, much needed after a decade, some space to reflect on what we do, to examine how I lead, to consider where I've led us in the Lord, and to learn about parish leadership from other clergy in our province, the ACNA. So for these reasons and many others, I am grateful for this sabbatical. It was such a blessing. That being said, while this summer I may have been detached from church, from this parish and its responsibilities, I did still have all of the other responsibilities in my life. This includes responsibilities to others, such as to my wife and kids. I still had a commitment to a relationship with God, right? No sabbatical from that, hopefully. My relationship to myself, I still had myself to deal with, right? Including my own sinful heart and inclinations. No, I didn't get a break from my own brokenness, unfortunately. I had other responsibilities to maintain our home. Even if I did have some more unstructured or uncommitted time than usual, I still had the responsibility to discern how to use that time, how to use it well. And unfortunately, like everybody else, I still had to deal with the developing situation with COVID. I still had to try to gain the most reliable information about this Delta variant that I could reasonably expect to get and take into consideration the vaccination status of me and my kids 
and process all of that to make decisions about what the command to love my neighbor required of me in light of that information. I don't know about you, but I find that pretty exhausting. I found it exhausting this morning, actually, with Lydia having a fever. So all of this is to say that while sabbatical absolutely gave me relief from one set of responsibilities in St. Matthias, even so I still had responsibilities in all these other areas of life. And this, this isn't to say poor me or something, it's just to, to acknowledge that all of us have to deal with decision after decision, hundreds of them every day, all sorts of decisions, where what we choose could either benefit us and those we love, or it may not benefit us or those we love. And so what I needed, what all of us need, of course, with the many small decisions, but especially the larger, more significant ones we make, what all of us need is wisdom. We need wisdom. The subject of wisdom actually comes up a lot in Scripture. Our first lesson today was taken from Proverbs, which is frankly an entire book of the Bible dedicated to this subject, wisdom, relaying wisdom to the reader. But what is wisdom? What does this biblical concept of wisdom refer to? Well, scholar Tim Mackey of the Bible Project explains pretty simply that, that wisdom is an understanding of how to live well in God's world. Wisdom is the understanding of how to live well in this world that God has created because it is God's creation, right? It comes from him. And so since he created everything, he knows how best to live in his creation. Therefore, he is the ultimate source of wisdom. You may have noticed the middle of our Psalm today, 147, was praising God for how wise he was in his creation of the world. Verses 8 and 9 describes how he's covered the heavens with clouds and prepares rain for the earth. Why? Not just because it's beautiful, but to be food for the cattle, to be food for the birds, to be food for humankind. God has created this planet that is perfectly balanced to actually be able to sustain life. And he did all of that according to his wisdom. As the psalmist proclaims back in verse 5 of that psalm, great is the Lord, great is power. Indeed, his wisdom is infinite. It's never-ending. So God is the one who knows best, who knows much better than we do about how to live well in this world he created. And so this means that to the extent that we live in accordance with his wisdom in our lives, we can expect our life to be more harmonious our relationships to be more peaceful, not perfect, all right? Don't hear the false prosperity gospel here. Not perfect or without troubles, but perhaps a life with less regrets. Living according to wisdom leaves a life with less regrets. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the more we approach life in the way of God's wisdom, the less regrets we will have? As I consider the biggest regrets I have in my life, I invite you to consider the biggest regrets you have in your life. And just to ask yourself, did any of them come about 
from seeking to live in accordance with God's wisdom? Or have our regrets tended to come from doing what we think is best, what, we, what is wise in our own eyes, or in the eyes of unwise people in our lives, only to find out later, whoops. Well, the good news is that God offers us the free gift of his wisdom as much as we are willing to seek it. He is willing to supply us with it. And the problem this addresses is that we humans, we aren't born with wisdom. None of us, right? While God's wisdom is infinite, we are not born with any wisdom at all, frankly, right? While our elders may pass on some of their wisdom to us, it's kind of a crapshoot as to whether that is consistent with God's wisdom or whether it's just false worldly wisdom based on their wounding. And to make matters worse, even if we attain some of God's wisdom, right? Even if we get it and know it in some sense, our sinfulness as human beings actually makes us prone to lean on our own understanding anyway. To do what we want to do, to do what is wise in our own eyes in that short-term moment. Rather than to seek out and seek to do what God would have us do. As our collect today acknowledged, without you, God, the frailty of our nature causes us to fall. So as God's creatures, we are desperately in need of his wisdom in order to live well, and in order to be a blessing to others, and to not have a life filled with tons of regret. So this is why it is such good news that God is offering his wisdom to us freely as a gift as much as we are willing to seek it. And this is the truth our passage from Proverbs 9 was revealing today, albeit in a very poetic way. Did did y'all catch this first lesson? It's pretty short. This this passage is the last of four poems found in in the early chapters of Proverbs where wisdom is actually personified as a woman, right? This lady wisdom, the church has come to know her as. as. So beginning at verse one, it says, wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city, the temple. Let all who are simple come to my house, says Lady Wisdom. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Leave your simple ways and you will live in the eternal, the, the, the sense of the life God intended for us. We're not talking about biological life. Now, when verses four and six talk about a person being simple, Understand, the simple person is not necessarily one who is uneducated. The simple person is, is, is frankly just one who navigates their lives according to their own understanding. This could be somebody who goes to church, somebody who doesn't, right? Somebody who's got 10 degrees, somebody who doesn't, right? The simple person is the person who walks in their lives according to their own understanding, apart from any God-given wisdom. 
kind of gives lip service to it if they hear it. And the book of Proverbs, of course, discourages this way of living, obviously, because of the grave consequences that will result. The many regrets, regret after regret, that will result from doing what is best in our own eyes and leaning on our own understanding. And yet the good news that this metaphor from Proverbs 9 declares is that God is offering, is literally just waiting to impart his wisdom to us like a feast that has been laid out. His wisdom concerning any area of our lives. It's there if only we'll seek it. Proverbs 9 provides this image of a table set for us to, to gobble up all that wisdom that we would ever, ever need. If only we would do so. If only we would take up and eat. You know, I'm beginning to enter the stage of life, of parenting, where my kids are getting invited to a lot of birthday parties. And these days with COVID, they're mostly outside. But what I like most about parties, frankly about any kind of party, is that there's pretty much always food, and a lot of it, laid out. Food I didn't have to make, food I won't have to clean up afterward. Isn't that the best kind? No, my only job, if you can call it that, as a party goer, my only job at that party, when it comes to that food, is to eat it. And I'm highly skilled at this. Amanda will tell you that. I mean, I can kind of scope a spread out and think, yeah, that's not worth it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't mind if I do. Pizza? No problem. A cooler full of delicious beverages. I know what to do with that. A piece of the birthday kid's cake. Well, I'm a dad, but if you're going to twist my arm, if there's some left over, I'll say. You know, I recently went to one kid's party where the cake seemed to only be for the children. And I got to be honest, that left me with some disappointment to work through. I was kind of sore going home from that one, like, here I got this gift at Target, I don't even get a cupcake, I mean, you can see God's still working on my character, right? Nothing, there was nothing super miraculous this summer. Well, see, this is the picture Proverbs 9 paints, uh, paints for us in regard to God's wisdom. It is freely available. Lady Wisdom has laid out this feast and she is beckoning us to come and partake. We only have to heed that call. We only have to eat it. And the letter of James in the New Testament says the same thing. James writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God and he will give it generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you, says James. The only hurdle is we have to seek it. That's it. Our hindrance to receiving this promise is that there are so many situations and decisions and relationships of significance where there are choices to be made, but we don't bother to seek God's wisdom. Or we kind of do so 
you know, God bless this. All right, now I'm going to go do what I want to do. And that is akin to having this party, this feast thrown for us and just leaving all that food on the table, just leaving it there and going eating crumbs. It's really bonkers. I mean, I'm preaching to myself here. It is bonkers that the God of the universe offers us, offers to guide our steps. And yet so often, time and again, we're like, ah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, boss. But I got this. So this morning, I want to invite us to consider whether there is something in our life, is there something in your life of significance where consulting God maybe hasn't occurred to you or just hasn't happened yet, you haven't got around to it? Right? Maybe there's a significant life decision you're facing. Maybe there's something related to finances or a job. Maybe there's a, a challenging relationship you're in. I, we, we all have those or just a really important relationship with a parent or a child or a partner where you've just sort of been winging it. You've sort of just been acting on impulse. Does something come to mind for you? What are you going through right now? Ask yourself, what am I going through right now? Or better yet, what are you going after? Right? What is your heart just like, bam, I want that, and I'm going to live, I'm going to do everything I can to get it. What are you going after? What consumes your thoughts? Whatever it is, have you asked God to shine his light, to shed the light of his wisdom on that? Or if you can't think of anything, maybe ask him even now to, to bring to mind something that he just wants, you haven't even thought about, he wants to impart his wisdom to you about. Well, last thing I want to talk about is if, if we do desire that, if we desire for God to give us wisdom about some area of our lives, the question still remains, how do we, how do we go about getting it, right? It's there for us as much as we would seek it, but how do we seek it? Well, certainly it can begin in prayer with earnestly asking God for that wisdom that he promises. We might call this seeking wisdom vertically, right? Between us and God. But what I want to suggest to you is that seeking wisdom solely in that direction, only vertically, I want to suggest that that is actually insufficient if you really want God's wisdom. You see, even if we believe God answers prayers for wisdom directly, which sometimes he does, right? Verbally or non-verbally, God has his ways. The problem is if we only seek wisdom verbally, or excuse me, vertically with that private prayer, man, it can be so vulnerable to our own rationalization, right? We tell ourselves, oh, I think God's saying this. How do we know it's not just our burrito that we ate earlier? Seriously. I have, I have done some pretty awful stuff in hindsight, had regrets, because I felt good about just praying vertically and feeling like, oh, yep, that's what, I'm gonna, that's what God wants me to do. It can be really difficult to discern God's voice from our own voice, from the enemy's voice. And none of us wants to do that. None of us wants to do what the enemy wants. None of us wants to live with regret. 
So what can we do about that? Well, if we are truly interested in discerning God's wisdom, we must also seek it horizontally. That is within the body of Christ where scripture is the foundation. So from fellow believers that demonstrate themselves as having wisdom. What is much more common than God just zapping us with this revelation of his wisdom is God revealing his wisdom through other believers who are themselves acquainted with God, who are in a relationship with him, and who are anchored in his word and his truth as the, as the tradition of the church has understood it, not some wonky, I got in my bedroom, read my Bible, and decided it means this. You know, they're accountable to the tradition of how the church has understood the scriptures for 2,000 years. You know, when we think about the book of Proverbs, we're probably most likely to not think about this Lady Wisdom poem, but to think about actual Proverbs, right? The 20 chapters following chapter 9 are, are short sentences of wisdom, right? That are like one or two liners, right? They say things like, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Or start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from that way. Or as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. This is what we usually think of with Proverbs. There are almost 800 of these in the book of Proverbs. And yet, what are they? Well, all they really are are a collection of human wisdom. Human wisdom discerned by humans from God that prove themselves over time, prove themselves reliable over many generations. And yet even these Proverbs, we're used to, you know, getting our Bible out and maybe reading a few and deciding what we think it means. That's not the way these Proverbs were read in the, in the Jewish synagogues. They were read in community. They were read out loud and it was discussed. What does this mean? How has this been applied in your life and proven to be true? That is what it looks like to seek wisdom, is to seek it through other people, God in other people cultivating a relationship with, with other believers in our lives whose lives have that fruit of wisdom already, right? whose lives emit character and are not riddled with regrets, right? You find somebody's life's riddled with regrets, I mean, don't ask them for advice. It's kind of basic, right? Or at least regrets they haven't owned and made amends for, right? We all have regrets, What, we, what we're more prone to do problematically is seek advice from someone who thinks and sees the world mostly like us. So what answer are we going to get? Right? They see the world the way that we do, so we go to them and they say, well, yeah, of course, of course you're right. Yes, absolutely. Right? They're people pleasers, whatever. Now seek somebody whose life emits wisdom. This doesn't have to be a member of the clergy. It could be anyone whose life reflects God's wisdom. And what does this look like? It looks like bringing our life situation before them, our plans, our ideas about what to do, and asking them what they really think. Now, they aren't God, but giving a true hearing to what they say, considering whether we've missed something with a blind spot. Or let's say we, we do think we've miraculously discerned God's wisdom in this kind of miraculous sense. Well, if we're really confident in that, shouldn't we be willing to bring it into light with another believer? and see if they confirm it according to God's word. 
God is always waiting to impart to us the free gift of his wisdom. As much of it as we are willing to seek out. And the way we acquire it is through relationship. Through vertically asking God to grant us wisdom while also being open and accountable to the wisdom of the body of Christ. But are we open? With whatever God has brought to mind for you today, do we believe God, our creator, knows what's best for us better than we know ourselves? Are we willing to seek his wisdom about it? To submit to the guidance we discern from him? Well, in a few moments, I'm going to lead us in a closing prayer. Well, I'll invite us. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But I'll invite you in the silence of your hearts to ask God to begin revealing his wisdom on whatever has come up for you. And to commit to God to seeking someone else out about that. And then following that, we'll stand and join in praise of God as the source of all wisdom and for making his wisdom available to us. So first, I invite you to bow your heads. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this promise that if any of us lacks wisdom about anything, we can ask you. No matter who we are, what we've done, we can seek it out and it will be given to us, you promise. So this morning, we want to begin or resume seeking it out earnestly. I ask, Lord, that you would give us wisdom about whatever weighs heavily on our hearts. I invite you just to to speak that and in your heart before God. God, I personally ask for wisdom on how to better love those you've given into my care. My wife, my kids, this church. Give me wisdom, Jesus, to lead as you would. And I thank you, Lord, for those in the body of Christ that you've put on my path who can help me get greater clarity on that. Help me to continue to make myself accountable to your light through them. Lord, will you illuminate for us the paths we should take? Whether it's a believer or two to seek feedback from and bring our intentions into the light with. Maybe if we haven't thought of anyone, you could just bring such a person to mind right now. Give us the will to Lord to actually follow through so that our lives might better align with your perfect will, your perfect wisdom. And it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.